0: 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girt with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that has many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and he lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust. He lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the lords and he has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. Out of heaven shall He thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and He shall give strength unto His King and exalt the horn of His anointed. And everyone said it. Amen. Amen. I just want for a few moments to go through this uh, very quickly over these verses. This is Hannah's triumph. This is after, as we've been looking at it over the weeks, her time of uh, barrenness when she faced her adversary, provocation, the heartache, the brokenness, the hurt, the pain, all that has happened in her life. Now, this is the day of Hannah's triumph. This is the day when God's turned it. This is the day that God has intervened. She's presented what God has given her on the altar. That's Samuel. And now she turns to her God. And we read the great prayer of Hannah. It is a prayer that is etched in the Jewish mind. For hundreds of years we'll come to this in a moment. But look at verse 1 as she comes. She says, and remember, Hannah is a type of the church. Samuel is the revival that has come. And now, if you can see it as the Lord would reveal it to us this morning, my heart, she says, rejoiceth in the Lord. The psalmist says, Wilt thou not revive us again? What? That thy people might rejoice. When he breaks through, in revival power, when he touches the church again by his great power, the heart of the church will rejoice again. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, Finally, my brethren, rejoice And the Lord. In Philippians 4 and 4, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. rejoice. She comes her heart has been touched God has intervened her circumstances has been changed God has broke through a miracle has happened it's not a work of man but it's a work of the holy ghost now she comes to the altar of God she says in verse 1 my horn my horn is exalted the horn speaks of strength Now God, through His great power, has come. Isaiah said, He giveth power to the faint. The power of God has come. The lame man sat at the gate, and he received strength. The supernatural acts and power of God is poured into that body. This is the church revived. This is the church touched by the Holy Ghost. This is a revival that God brings when the church is revived again. In that Welsh revival, I was just reading through it, two men of God walked into a little village. The whole village was, it was just hush across the whole village. No one was speaking. There was like an order in everything that was done. One of those men was the Reverend Gregory Mantle, wrote that great book, The Way of the Cross. Now, as they walked into the village, they stopped the young boy and said, Where's the meeting? And he turned and pointed to one of those old Welsh chapels that are now desolate, barren, taken over by Muslims. their are discos, carpet warehouses all across Wales. But then they were the lighthouses that let Wales up to the glory of God. These two reverents walked into that meeting. The whole house is filled. And then they said there was disorder, but it was all in order. Do you understand? God's in control. And now the presence of God sweeps into that room. He says he could not begin to, or, to organize it, but yet it was organized. And now people begin. Three things mark the revival. Number one was prayer. Number two was testimony. And what was number three? Singing. They sang the four in the morning. They sang, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. There was no preacher, but it was known as the preaching revival. Because everybody became a preacher. There was no choir, but everyone was in the choir. Because everyone sang the songs of Zion. It's when God came and took the field. It's when God came down in His great power. That the church rejoiced again and her Savior and the strength and the power of a living God was manifest not only in Wales, but it reached the four corners of the world. My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies. You remember there was a time nothing came out of her mouth. She lay in that altar. She was accused of being drunk. Even by the high priest. But now God's touched her life. Now she has a song in her heart. Now she can lift up her voice. And rejoice in the God of her salvation. There is none holy she said in verse 2. As the Lord. For there is none beside him. Neither is there any rock like our God. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 10 and 6, for as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, you are great and thy name is great in might. Psalm 89 and verse 6, for who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared were in the assembly of His saints, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about Him. He is the rock of our salvation. There is nobody like our God. There is no one like Jesus. Psalm 18 and 2 says, The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is... My Deliverer. He is my God. He is my strength. And whom will I trust? My Buckler and the Horn of my Salvation. And He is my High Tower. We have built our houses upon the rock. And there's only one rock. And that name is Jesus. He said, I will build my church. What's He building it on? The rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He is the rock of ages. And out of that rock flows that river of life. He is that rock in that wilderness. And that water that pours out is the Holy Ghost. Matthew Henry says, as we begin to look at her in this introduction, what great things she says of God. She takes little notice of the particular mercy she was now rejoicing in. She does not commend Samuel that he's the prettiest child, the most toward and sensible for his age that she has ever saw, as fond parents are too apt to do. No, she overlooks the gift and she praises the giver. Whereas most forget the giver and fasten only on the gift. Every stream should lead us to the fountain. And the favors we receive from God should raise our admiration of the infinite perfections that are in God. There may be other Samuels, but there's no other Jehovah. There is none beside thee. Talk no more exceedingly proud. Verse 3. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God... Of knowledge. And by him. Actions. Are weighed. Have you ever heard the term. Actions. Speak louder. Than words. I knew Frank you would have heard it before. (laughs) Genesis 18. And verse 25 says. Shall not. The judge. Of all the earth. He's going to do right. I want to tell you friend. We've been talking the last couple of weeks over this. And it's just been coming time and time again. But David was in a straight place. And he had a few choices. And he had choices to fall into the hands of his enemy. Fall into the hands of famine. Perhaps in the land. Or fall into the hands of the living God. And he said, let me fall into the hands of my God. For with God, there's mercy. he will do right. In all of this, friends, in the breaking through of it all, we must run to the altar and lay hold of the horns of the altar. For with God, there's mercy. The bows, first form of the mighty men will be broken. They that stumble, look at the contrast of the kingdoms. The kingdom of this world and the kingdom of which we are a part. Look at what God looks for. Look what man looks for. But the mopes of the mighty, the great, and the mighty, the strong, the self-confident, the self-promoting, the self-pursuing, the mighty men, they're going to be broken. But they that stumble, listen, they that stumble, He's going to bring strength. It's the opposite. It's a different kingdom. It's not the kingdom of this world. They're looking for the great, the mighty, the strong, and all that can make it. God's saying, if you're stumbling, if you're feeble, if you're about to give up, I'm going to bring strength. They that, are f- they that were full, now they've hired themselves out to find bread. But they that are hungry, they've been satisfied. The barren hath borne seven, and they that have children is waxed feeble. You're seeing the contrast in the dealings of God. The Lord kills, and the Lord maketh alive. He brings down to the grave, but He brings up. The Lord makes poor, and maketh rich. He brings low, and He lifteth up. For though He was crucified through weakness, 2 Corinthians 13 and 4, yet He liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in Him, but we shall live by Him and with Him by the power of a living God toward us. Second Corinthians 12 and 10 says this, For when I am weak, then am I strong. It's a completely different concept to the world. God is just, remember. His ways are true. And his kingdom is not like this world. Verse 8 says, he raiseth up the poor. He brings them out of the dirt. He lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill. And what does he do with those poor and the beggars? He sets them in the midst of princes and to make them listen. This is not the kingdom of this world. This is the kingdom of our God. He takes the poor and He takes those that are beggars but He sets them up amongst princes and they will inherit the very throne of glory. Think about it, friends. Who are the poor and who are the beggars? That's you this morning. I hope you're not offended by that but that's me. That's the poor That's the beggars. That's the broken. The poor man cried. And the Lord. And what did he do? He delivered them. And he set us among princes. You're sitting amongst princes this morning. And princesses. Just to keep everyone happy. He takes the broken. The blind. The maimed. The homeless. The rejected. And he sets them among princes. That they will inherit. The throne of his glory. Friends, what's about to be revealed when we see Jesus is beyond anything that we can ever comprehend. He will keep first nine the feet of the saints. Friends, isn't this good? Isn't it good this morning? He's going to keep. Are you trying to keep your own feet? He will keep the feet of his saints. The Bible says in Psalm 37 and verse 23 that the steps of a good man, they're ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. But listen to verse 24. Though he fall. Friends, though he fall. Though he fall. Oh, that'll never be me. Friend, though he fall. He shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. He will keep the feet of his saints. The wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength We will not prevail. It is not by might. It is not by power. But it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. The enemy, it says in verse 10, think of this. A woman standing in the house of God hundreds of years ago. God has answered, turned her captivity, broke through in her life. Give her a child. And now she's about under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to prophesy in her prayer, thanking God for His mercy. Now she's about to prophesy of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The adversaries of the Lord will be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall He thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. The enemy will be destroyed. The Lord, the devil knows his time's short. The Lord's coming soon. He knows he's on the last throw. He knows at this time he's throwing everything, including the kitchen sink at his friend. The heat's been turned up. The battle's on. It's intense. There's battles in every home and every family. Everything is squeezing us, pressing us in this world. Let me tell you, friends, the enemies of God are going to be destroyed. He's going to burst through the clouds. He's going to thunder out of heaven. And He's going to judge the world. The Holy Ghost has come to convict us of sin and righteousness, and the judgment that's about to come. Here, she signs off this amazing prayer, the prayer of thanksgiving for the great victory that has been wrought. What's the significance of this prayer? Friends, throughout this book, songs, prayers, thanksgiving, giving glory to God, You'll find men and women that when God has intervened have burst forth in prayer and in song. They're anointed. They've come through times that were awful. Times unspeakable. Nobody really knows what they went through except the little insights that we get in Scripture. But they've been in the battle. They've been in the prison house. They've been in the trial. They've been in the fire. They've been rejected even by the closest to them. They've been in the pits. They've been in the prison house. They've gone through barrenness. They've gone through wildernesses. They've gone through great trials. But then the Almighty God comes because he's faithful. He breaks in and he breaks through. And then out of all of that, you'll find littered throughout this book, Men and women that come again unto God. Why? Because it's unjust not to come to give him thanks. It's unjust. It really is. Was there not another nine? I heal ten. Where's the nine? It's unjust not to thank him for the great things that he's done. But throughout this book you'll find the wonderful works recorded. They're the ancient landmarks in God to show us what the testimonies of old are. And when you see the testimonies of old that were yesterday, there are possibilities for today. Do we see it, friends? That's why they're there. There are possibilities for today. I was looking through the computer a few days ago. Something sprung up. And it's going to be on this screen here in about two seconds, hopefully. I've never wrote a cheque for 50,000 pounds in my life. Have, put your hand up if you have. I want to speak the afterwards, by the way. <laughs> I have never. I don't know why you have. If you have, I've never wrote a cheque. I tell you, my hand was shaking that day. Didn't know where to cry. Didn't know whether, what to do. But by faith in God, through this people... God provided us with 50,000 pounds to sit in the building that you're sitting in this morning. That's a landmark in this little church's history that what God done before, 50,000 pounds, two signatories, Miss Elaine Edmonds and, your, and myself here, I'm going to tell you, friends, it's a miracle of God. Why am I showing that? To show you. Friends, I'm shaking even thinking about it. But we're going to have to write a check soon for 92,500 and the ink's wet. And we're going to believe God. You see, yesterday's testimonies, understand what I'm saying, yesterday's testimonies tell us of today's possibilities. Do you understand that? That's why they're there. Hannah's triumph is recorded. Think about it. The the crossing of the Red Sea is recorded. A simple story. Everyone knows it. But friends, how many times have we come there? Let me tell you, first of all, God led them there. Listen to me. You're at the Red Sea. Let me tell you something, friend, this morning. It's your Red Sea. But let me encourage you, God's got you there. And God's led you there. It wasn't the devil that drove them to the Red Sea. It was God that led them to the Red Sea. And now they're standing at a sea with no way through. And now they're looking behind them and the devil's on their tail about to swallow them up. But there's a God in heaven who's faithful. Yesterday's testimonies are today's possibilities. You understand what I'm saying? His anger endures but for a moment and His favor is life. Weeping may enjoy endure for a night but the joy is coming in the morning. The joy comes in the morning. The song of Moses, if you turn over to Exodus 15, is recorded for you and for me. It's the song of triumph. It's the song of praise. It's the song of thanksgiving. It's prophetic. And it is anointed. But yesterday's testimonies, friends, think about it, what happened all those years ago are for me and you this morning. Yesterday's testimonies are today's possibilities can God do it? Exodus 15 and 1. Think about it, friends. They've had to go through a Red Sea. They're crying. They're looking to God. God said, Moses, just go forward. But there is no way. There is no way. Listen, the natural, it's impossible. You cannot see a way in this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can't see a way through. This is impossible. Not only that, friends, but there is a real devil and he's right on your tail. God, by the Holy Spirit, and the wind of the Holy Ghost blew through that Red Sea and two million people walked through in dry land. No, it was dry land. See the pictures that show them trying to get through muddy waters? Just put them in the bin. I don't care who painted them. It was dry ground. Now they're standing on the other side. The people have come through. Moses turned around. What he do? This is here for us, friends. Then, verse 1, sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And speak and sang. Now you're going to see a theme through these prayers and songs. I will sing unto the Lord, for He hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and His rider hath He thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength My song. And he has become my salvation. He's my deliverer. He is my God. And I will prepare him a habitation. How is he going to do that? He's doing it by singing. My father's God. And I will exalt him. This is what verse 3 says. The Lord is a man of war. And the Lord is his name. Verse 9. Just to go through it very quickly. The enemy said... The enemy said, Did you hear that this morning? The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with the wind, the sea covered them, they sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord? you seen the familiarity in the prayer? Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is likely glorious, holiness, fearful in praises, and doing wonders? Thou stretched out thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. And friends, in verse 20, Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam said, Sing ye unto the Lord, for the Lord has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath He thrown into the sea. Yesterday's testimonies are today's possibilities. A Red Sea, a real devil, a no way through. But friends, how we need again these glorious prayers and songs. They're testimonies of the wonderful works of God. They're recorded for a reason. And oh, how the church needs... want you to stay with me. Oh, how the church needs a new song... Now, before we go too far, hold on. You might regret saying amen. (laughs) Let me finish. You see, we often see in this day a new song. I want you to hear me. But friends, it's a different song. It's a different song. You see, the whole way through this book, and I've been looking at these prayers the bones of the prayer are the same, but they were new to the person that sang them. I want you to hear me. In other words, what I'm saying, we're looking for a fresh triumph, a miraculous work of God. And the fresh song or the new song isn't a song that's different, but it's based on the testimonies of what was gone before. We're going to come. I'll show you scripturally where I'm going with this. What I mean by that is a new song. Friends, there are different songs today. You know, I, I hear it all. I go to some, the odd time I'm let out and I go to another meeting. The odd time. And then a song sang. Friends, it's not a new song. It's a different song. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't speak of Calvary. It doesn't speak of the blood. It doesn't speak of the faithfulness of God. It doesn't speak that he is Jehovah Jireh. If I wrote a song this morning on how I feel, if I wrote a song on how I feel this morning, it would probably go to number one and top of the pops. If there is still top of the pops, I don't know. Because the song would be a feeling song. All by myself or only the lonely or something like that. That's how you feel. And so everyone would say, well, that sounds good. It's so soulish. It feels good to me. But friends, it's not God's song. No, no, it's not God's song. The new song is the song that's fresh. Let me let me explain it in our everyday language. I've heard you ladies say it a whole lot of time. It's never been said to me. But I've heard you ladies say to each other, oh, did you get your hair done? And then the lady says, no, I just washed it. <laughs> it's still the same mop, but it's just been washed. It. Nothing's changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the same her. She's just washed it. It's fresh. It's clean. Let me tell you something, friend, about these songs. It's the same songs. It's the same songs. but it's fresh. What is it? God, my God, I want to see a tumor go tonight in this healing meeting. What is that? That is a new song, but I want to tell you, it's based on yesterday's testimonies. I want to see someone who is epileptic fits and on medication, healed by the power of God. What's that, friends? That's a new song, but it's based On the testimonies of the old. I want to see someone. I can't remember the name David. IH because David can't remember either. A brain disorder. Incurable. Listen. Friends. I want to see a, a new song tonight. It's not a different song. He's still a healer. I want to see someone. Who's on the brink of death. And needs a miracle needs a kidney. And God provides a kidney. That's not something different, friends. That's something new. It's the fresh, miraculous works of God. How many people need a new song? It's a new triumph. It's a new miraculous work of the living God. As Miriam begins to sing and these p- prayers and songs are recorded for us. Friends, just think about this for a moment. This. Blows my simple mind. But just literally hundreds and hundreds of years later, there's a young girl standing in the living room of her cousin Elizabeth. She's a virgin, but she's pregnant. She's a virgin. I know this is under attack by people, even in the church. She's a virgin. But she's pregnant. She's with child. Her cousin had been barren. Elizabeth. She's married to a man who's called Zacharias. He's a priest in the house of God. If you flick into Luke chapter 1, if you want to follow it. Here these two women are standing. And it says, there was in the days, verse 5, Luke 1 and 5, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia and his wife of the daughters of Aaron, And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord. They were blameless. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both now well stricken in years. Here's the backdrop. Barrenness. Friend, there's a song coming There's a song coming. There's a prayer that's been prayed, a prayer of faith that's been prayed. A landmark has been raised by a woman called Hannah hundreds of years previous. Can you even begin to grasp this? The network of God through the scriptures. That was in the mindset of every Jewish woman, Hannah's prayer, Hannah's deliverance, Hannah's intervention. And now this account is here. A testimony has been raised up. And is isn't something different. But it is something fresh. It is new. But it's certainly not different. In Luke 1 and verse 8, it came to pass, as is Zacharias we're talking about at the minute, while he's executing the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, His lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the same time of incense. Then suddenly there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord. Think about it. Standing on the right side of the altar of incense, when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said, Fear not, Zacharias. Listen this morning, friend. Listen. I want to say this. For thy prayer is heard. Listen to me. Thy prayer. Listen, I'm preaching this to me. Thy prayer is heard. And thy wife, Elizabeth, she's going to bear a son. You'll call his name John. What does he say? You're going to have joy and gladness and many are going to rejoice at we John's birth. Verse 25, this is what Elizabeth said. Thus, verse 27, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein He looked on me to take away my reproach among men. I just want to go forward just slightly for a moment. When John was born, then we're going to go back to that living room if we could. But look at Zacharias, his prayer. In Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, and verse 68. Luke chapter 1, verse 68, if you turn to it for a second. Now look at the prayer. I want you to see the similarities. It's a new song, but it's not different. Luke chapter 1, and verse 68. This is what he said. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and he hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember, to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. And thy child, shall be called the prophet of the house for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto the people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. What a song. What an anointing. Let me tell you, friends, it was a new song. But well, it wasn't different. Now Mary's standing. Elizabeth, six months pregnant. We know the story. Now Mary is standing. Her cousin says unto her, verse 26, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, to the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now remember, this is what's happened. Verse Thirty of Luke chapter one, the angel said, "Fear not, Mary. You have found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son. You'll call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end." No wonderful. Verse thirty-four is important. Mary said unto the angel. Hi. Hi. Anyone asking hi? Is it only me? <laughs> it's okay to ask how, by the way, it's not unbelief. It's okay to say hi, Lord. How shall this thing be? How is it gonna happen? Seeing that I do not know a man. And the angel said unto her, Would you say these three words with me? The Holy Spirit ghost. Can you say it again? The Holy Ghost. How many people have said hi in the last week? Can I just give you the answer to how? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will come upon her. How many people need the Holy Ghost to come? Really, how many need the Holy Ghost to come? Come upon me, come upon you, come upon us come upon our families, come upon this town, come upon this land. How many people would say, Lord, how? How many people know this morning the Holy Ghost? He shall come upon thee and the power of the house shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which was born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She shall also conceive a son in her old age. And this is the six month with her, who is called barren. Verse thirty-seven: For with God nothing shall be impossible. A visitation. She walks in to the living room of her cousin Elizabeth. She's only a young girl. She's carrying Jesus in her womb. By the Holy Ghost. And she walks in. To that wee living room. Verse 41 says. When it came to pass. That when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary. This is what happened. The baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth. Was filled. With the Holy Ghost. Do you know. The church needs to leap. There needs to be a leap, and there needs to be a filling. Now listen to the prayer. It's just remarkable. It's just all God. It's not a different prayer, and it's not a different song. It's a new song, but it's based on the testimonies of old. Luke 1, verse 46. Luke 1, 46. Mary said. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced And God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, and from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done me great things. Holy is his name. His mercy is unto them that fear him. From generation to generation He has showed strength with His arm. Are you seeing the bones of Hannah's prayer? He has scattered the pride. Are you seeing the bones? He has scattered the pride and the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and He has exalted them of the low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich with... He sent away empty. He had helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he speak to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Friends, the cry of Hannah and the thanksgiving at the altar hundreds of years previous is ingrained in the mind of Israel. For when the birth of Christ would come and this virgin would be expecting with Christ in her womb, that very prayer, what God and the impossibilities of the past became the realities of the present and what God has done previously. Friends, surely this morning, it's the cry of every human heart in this place. Lord, what you've done before, and the testimonies and the ancient landmarks that have been raised up by our forefathers and the people of faith mean to us this morning, these are the possibilities for today. These are the possibilities for today. We need a fresh song, a new song. We need a fresh and a new song. What's that mean? Friends, I believe with everything within me that God's holding nothing back. I don't believe that at all. I believe the God that I serve is a God that's willing to give and to give and to give again. The demonstration of his work and his marvelous works manifested amongst his people. Do you know what that will bring? It'll bring a new song. But you know what it will be based on, friends? On the testimonies of old. The song that you're going to sing is the song that Hannah sang and prayed. It's based on the fact of this, that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Oh, what would it be if whatever amount of people are here this morning, say there's 80 people, And God miraculously intervened in every circumstance that concerns you. What's it going to be like tonight? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come, let us exalt His name together. That's a new song. It's fresh. Why? Because the anointing has brought the miracle working power of God. And now we come to this house And as we come with the testimonies of what God has done, the house is alive with the power and the presence of a living God. God, we need a new song. It glorifies you. It lifts you up. We need you to work. Do it, Lord. Why do we believe he would do it? Because he's done it before and he wants to do it again. He hasn't changed, friend. How many people need a new song? Need a new song? Are we we still going over the same razzmatazz? The same old thing we're just rumbling something out from a hundred years ago? How God wants the anointing. The anointing's always fresh. It's fresh oil. It's fresh oil. The anointing. The oil of gladness. Friends, we need a fresh song from the Lord. God, those testimonies of old are the possibilities for the present. Is that you, friend, this morning? The Red Sea, the prison house, your backs against the wall, no way to turn, nowhere to go. The enemy is about to swallow you up. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And then God. And then there's a song. Hasn't he done it again? Isn't he faithful? What a faithful God we have. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I wonder if he sing that as so we close this morning. Oh, magnify magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Do you want a fresh song? Let's believe God together this morning. Amen.